Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. He is Lance Meadow. I am John Schmelk. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513 or go to hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We can certainly have a conversation that way as well. Lance, how are you today, bud? I'm doing very well. Looking forward to today's conversation. We're actually uh, taking a deep dive into NFL free agency outside of the Giants world, of course. Yes, well, this will be who will be available to the Giants when they hit the free agent market here with all their cap space. And we'll see, you know, hopefully they get the Daniel Jones thing done early like we talked about yesterday. Then you see about Saquon, do you tag him, whatever. We don't know how much money they'll actually have left once you get the free agency. The piggy bank may be a little bit empty. But we thought it would be a good idea to kind of give you an idea of what the class may look like as we get towards free agency here. And we've talked a little bit about the draft. I can give you some details on what the class looks like if you want to say, well, do you want to attack free agency here? Do you want to use the draft there? So we could talk about that too as we try to crystallize the Giants' offseason plans here heading into the 2023 offseason. Just a reminder, Lance and Paul will be back on Friday for one more show from 1230 to 130. Then no Big Blue Kickoff Live next week. We're off. Everyone's gone. Pearson made the declaration. He's going home. No shows. So... Well, apparently, he has a lot more influence than most people anticipated. Uh, he, he, he tells so, everybody what yes. to do. He's okay. in charge. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't get that absolutely. memo. Absolutely. Uh, but we have pre-recorded a couple of huddles and a, one uh, draft season. So we have three podcasts for you next week, two huddles and a draft season. But we will not have Big Blue kickoff. Then we'll be back. We'll have a week leading up to the Combine. Then we'll have Paul and I at the Combine. Then we're into March, and we are rocking and rolling with free agency probably only at that point. I probably should have looked up what they fringe actually started. Well, it's about a week or about two, two into weeks March. Away. Yeah. Uh, but Lance, the Giants, like I said, they're not going to rest on their laurels here. You know, looking at their roster heading into the season, and we actually ranked the rosters in the division before the year. And I'm not – what the hell? I'm going to pack myself on the back a little bit. I picked Cowboys. I picked Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Washington. That's exactly how the standings kind of played out with a little bit of a gap between – 
Philly, Dallas, and the Giants. And that's kind of how when I brought the rosters, and I think all of us are kind of on the same page with that, to be honest with you, how the division kind of played out. So the Giants are going to want to add to their roster here in the offseason. We talk about it. Almost half the playoff teams change from year to year. And I don't want to sound cocky about it. But there are certain teams you can just pencil in because of the quarterback that they have. And, the, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just going to be in the playoffs. Barring injury, of course. Yeah. yeah. Joe Burrow is going to be in the playoffs. Josh Allen's going to be in the playoffs. Justin Herbert, I don't know if he's in that class yet, but he could be next year. Probably going to be in the playoffs. You look at the Eagles roster, the Niners roster, it's going to be hard for those teams not to make it. So then you look at the, the other teams. I listed like four, five or six teams there. The other half could all change. Like, you know, Dallas, I didn't even mention them. So things can really change year to year in the NFL. So the Giants are going to have to improve, update, and just get better on their roster. So this is not bring back the same team and hope you have the same results. You want to improve this offseason for sure. Yeah, I monitor actually the turnover rate in the postseason. So, I mean, I could give you the specific numbers, but on average, you are looking in recent history, half the playoff field does not return the following year. So this idea that, and I understand fans, they like to get excited when one year ends really promising, but it's just the nature of the beast is you can't just expect it's bottled up we move the calendar forward to the start of the following year, and then everything just picks up exactly where it left off. It they, just The Brian NFL Dables, doesn't operate like Dables that. Brian said that, oh, too. Oh, sure, 100%. Because if yeah. you remember, when they lost to the Eagles, I thought Brian Dable summed it up beautifully. When, obviously, he said that, I mean, it was like a smack in the face. I'm using a paraphrase in terms of the loss, but... He was extremely emotional because he understands how hard it is to get to the divisional round. Okay, forget the playoffs. So <laughs> winning, a, winning a playoff round yeah. is very hard. You're down to a quarter... Of the league that's playing in the second week of the playoffs. That's it. So he's not taking that for granted. He understands it's not guaranteed to happen the following season. You're two wins away from the Super Bowl. You get to the second round of the playoffs, you're two wins away from being in the Super Bowl. 100%. So let's look at some numbers here. In this postseason field, AFC, Jaguars, Chargers, Ravens, Dolphins were brand new. They did not make the playoffs in 2021. In the NFC, Vikings, Giants, Seahawks. So there's seven. 14 teams, seven were brand new. The previous year, it was seven again. It was the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Niners, and the Eagles in the NFC. It was the Bengals, the Raiders, and the Patriots in the AFC. And that trend has pretty much continued over the last decade. I mean, I've monitored this since the start of the Patriots dynasty because New England has been the staple of consistency. You have had at least five in every single year new playoff teams with the exception of 2012 in 2015, when we had four, which is considered on the low side. But if you go back to, let's go back to the last time the Giants had made the playoffs, 2016. You had seven, 2017, eight, 2018, seven. You had five teams in 2019, and you've had seven new ones in each of the last three seasons. So that's at least half, and some of those are before they expanded Be- the playoffs. Of course, so that was when we had 12. Seven of 12, teams. eight yeah. of 12 one year. So things yeah. change. So you constantly have to evolve and get better is the point we're trying to make. And here's, here, here are your important dates, all right, just so everyone has it ready to go. You can start putting franchise and transition tags on players starting – February 21st. So that is going to be two Tuesdays from now. Not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So we'll be talking a lot about these franchise tags when we come back. And we have our show on Tuesday the 21st because the 20th is President's Day, so we don't have a show that day. But the 21st we will. And that is going to be a lot of talk about franchise and transition tags because the uh, deadline that day is uh, – it starts that day. So keep that in mind. 
Um, that'll be an important day. We'll talk about it that week. Then you have until March 7th at 4 p.m. to put those franchise or transition tags on players. So it's a little bit more than, actually, it's almost exactly two weeks yeah. where you're going to have a chance to do that. Then you have draft visits begin on March 7th, and they go on and on. Then you have March 13th to 15th is the negotiation period. I'm using fake quotation marks because that's when players actually Legal start tampering. signing. Yes, the the we're, we're agreeing to contracts but not putting pen to paper three days where you'll get all the glitzy announcements of this guy signing here, this guy signing there now. Some of those deals do fall through when they do physicals. We've seen that. Yeah, Frank that'll, Gore to the Eagles is a right, good example. So that'll start on, on Monday, March 13th. Uh, officially at 12 noon, and it ends at 4 p.m. on March 15th, that Wednesday. And then starting at 4 p.m. on March 15th, that's the official start of the league year where you can fi- put pen to paper and officially sign guys. Yeah, that's so, why we said midway through March is when the festivities truly begin. Correct. So once we're done with the Combine, we're going to be back from the Combine on March 4th. We'll start on March 6th with our Big Blue Kickoff Live shows back here in the studio when the Combine's over. Then you have one week until free agency. So we're going to be like, draft, 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 draft. And then it's going to be all free agency for like two, three weeks. And then we'll flip back to the draft, obviously, and then we'll get uh, six, seven straight weeks of draft coverage till we get to uh, the draft at the end of April. So, Lance, let's go through the class here. We're going to go position by position. We'll focus more on the positions where the Giants obviously have needs. Uh, Quarterbacks... Well, the Giants don't technically have their starting quarterback on their contract. No, so it's a it's, position worth I, discussing. I think it's sure. relevant that we throw the names out there. It's actually one of the best free agent quarterback classes that I can remember. Now we'll see how many of you guys actually reach free agency, and that's key here. We're very early in the process. Lamar Jackson, I got to imagine we're going to get a franchise tag there at some point. Maybe the exclusive one even. We'll see how they handle that, which is a lot more expensive than the non— I think the exclusive one's almost $50 million, to yeah. be honest with you. It's something ridiculous. Geno Smith, which I think is very similar to the situation the Giants are in with Daniel Jones, except Geno Smith is older— so I think you could probably be a little bit more cautious there. A little bit more experience. Then you yeah. have Daniel Jones with Seattle, uh, with, with the Giants, pardon me. Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers is a free agent coming off his injury. Jacoby Brissett, if you're looking for a stopgap quarterback, he did a decent enough job with Cleveland this year when he started those games. He was very yeah. solid. And then I put Derek Carr on the list. Now, I know he, apparently, according to reports, he's negotiating with the Saints now to see if he can come up with a long-term deal if he wants to approve a trade there. But if he does not get one of these trades approved by the time his deadline hits, which I believe is February 15th, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Or 13th for Derek Yeah, Carr? I think it's the uh, 15th. I think it's the yeah. 15th. Yeah. Then he will become—he's going to get cut because the Raiders aren't going to guarantee his $40 million contract, and then he becomes a free agent. So— it's a very strong, unrestricted free agent quarterback class, Lance, and I think we're pretty sure that at least, at worst, Garoppolo will be an unrestricted free agent. We'll see if those other guys either get signed to extensions before we hit free agency or they get the tag put on them. Well, the Niners have publicly indicated that they don't have any plans to bring him back, but then again, we've heard things at press conferences and then the complete opposite turns out to be true. So I don't know how much stock you want to put in that, but I would say Garoppolo and Derek Carr are pretty good bets changing teams. I mean, Carr is an absolute, unless obviously everything changes. But the reason why the Raiders are trying to dictate things right now is because they want something in return for Derek Carr. If I'm Derek Carr's agent, I would just say, we're going to wait till February 15th, and then let's see what you guys decide to do. Unless you get, ex- unless they're training you to exactly the team you want to go to and you're getting the exact contract you want? Sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but you might as well 
decide to go to free agency and then pick whatever you and want to do and negotiate however you want to do it. Yeah. Why should it be on the terms of a team that has already made it clear to you they don't want you in their plans anymore, right? It just it doesn't add up from at least a realistic standpoint through would the lens get, of Derek Carr. He would have to get blown away by whatever contract extension is the Raiders want to trade him to. Like, yeah. And I mean like blown away. Yeah, but I mean, once again, I, I don't think Derek Carr's priority should be taking care of what's best for the Raiders. It should be what's good for him. Well, that's what I'm the, saying. The fact that the team already made it clear they're moving on from the him. The contract would have to be perfect for him. Yeah. That's my point in terms yeah. of what he does not negotiate. But that's why, to your point about the Saints, the reason why he's negotiating with New Orleans is New Orleans is a team that was already something that was appeasing to the Raiders in working out Correct. the parameters of a deal. So they said, Derek, feel free to talk to New Orleans because we already have everything in place if we are to move you there and you work out a new contract. What do you think they would get back for him? Third round pick? Yeah, I think third is a, a decent target. I mean, I would ask for a second round pick, though. Third, I could live with, but I would ask for a second. Derek Carr's not an old man. Derek yeah, Carr has plenty of gas in that tank. Here's the problem, though. These other teams know that well, they, don't they have might leverage. get him for nothing. 100%. Right. So that's why the Raiders are basically saying we'd rather get something. Right, which right, is why I think nothing. they'll have to settle for less rather than more. 100%. But yeah. assuming you had the leverage, oh, yeah, I would ask for a second round pick. Oh, I, would ask and for a, I would ask for a late one. Yeah, you'd ask leverage. for one, but meaning my goal, meaning what I could right. live with and take to the bank, would be a second round pick. With you. And just to give you an idea, PFF, Brad Spielberger does a great job over there. We'll probably talk to him at the Combine of projecting what some of these contracts might look like. And again, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Happen. These are just their projections, but I want to give you a nice window. Sure. They have Lamar at $52 million a year, Gino at $37.5 million a year, over four, and Daniel Jones, $40 million a year, over four. So that's where, again, PFF projects it based on market, their grade from PFF and all that stuff, just so you have an idea. And they have Garoppolo, kind of like a one-year 15 or type of deal. Which just, makes sense. Just to yeah. give, and I think his injury issues, as you mentioned yeah. yesterday, is Baggage. kind of a factor there. Um, By the back, way, Baker Mayfield is also on the list, yeah, too. Yeah, that's a good I, one. I'm surprised they didn't, does PFF have them? I didn't see, they as have, you scroll through, they, they don't have anything the projected for him? 100 free agents, so maybe he's not in their top 100. Okay, so they're not doing it based on position, meaning they're not doing like the top 10 quarterbacks. No, they're just they cutting have, it off they have a if the quarterback list. doesn't meet. That's okay. correct. That's correct. I'm a little bit surprised. I would personally, if I'm a team, I'd take a chance more so on Baker than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, he's just had two bad years in a row. But yes, yeah, I agree. But, he's I mean, younger, he looked good with McVay. Yeah, he now, looked, yeah, granted, he environment he is a better. big key. So if the Rams decide to bring him back as insurance for Matthew Stafford, because Stafford mm -hmm. hasn't been necessarily the poster child of health, maybe that's appealing to Baker. But Baker did look good once he went to L.A. Lance still on the Baker band. Yeah, wagon, absolutely. I, listen, Lance according, is riding strong on hey, the Baker band. Based on wagon. other options out there, you could do a whole lot worse than Baker Mayfield. Understood. All right, running back again. Giants don't have their starting running back on their contracts. Let's go through the list. There's actually a few intriguing options oh, in running back. It's a yeah, very, I don't think enough is giving credit to this. It's a very list. deep running back free agency class and a deep running back draft class. So this is a buyer's market when it comes to running backs. A lot of good options out there, okay? And if I miss anybody, Lance, feel free to throw in other sure. names. Uh, Josh Jacobs from the Raiders. Saquon Barkley from the Giants. Tony Pollard from the Cowboys. Miles Sanders from the Eagles. Four, I believe, 
three of those four guys Pro Bowl, Pollard almost so. Uh, David Montgomery from the Bears. Another I, think, very I thought Pollard did make agent. the Pro Bowl. Didn't did he? Make the Pro Bowl? He might have. I so believe four, he did. So four yeah, I mean, he certainly then. outperformed Zeke this season. Oh, he was, yeah, definitely yeah. better than Ezekiel Elliott. And then David Montgomery is the fifth guy on my list. And I know there's even more guys further down the depth chart, Lance, that you want to get well, to. Well, there's two guys I want to bring up, and I'm looking at it through the Giants' lens, of course, because let's say they do move on from Saquon Barkley, and they're looking for players that I don't think you're going to have to lay out an overwhelming amount of money, but have the skill set especially as receivers, to do some of the things that Saquon can do. And the two guys, John, are one, Jarek McKinnon, who's had a really solid season with the Chiefs, who's going to be in the Super Bowl. And the second guy, more concerned because of health issues, Raheem Mostert, who is with the Dolphins via the Niners. Those are two guys that if you're the Giants and you want to go the free agency route, and you want to get a guy that can run the ball the conventional way and be somebody that could serve as a safety valve, do some damage, is running screen passes and so forth. Those are the two guys I would put atop the list. And that's why I have those two guys ahead of everyone else you laid out. Because here's the bottom line. If you're going to move on from Saquon, I don't know if it makes much sense to then bring in one of those guys since it's going to cost the same amount of money. So I'm looking for, bargain to me is too strong of a word. I'm just looking for somebody financially who is far more practical if you're looking for somebody to fill in for Saquon. And to me, Jarek McKinnon and Raheem Mostert are atop the list for me. Jamal Williams, a guy that's out there. Sure, I think he's going to be costly, though. I think he's going to demand more money. He had a career year this year. You want to roll the dice on a high-end guy that has injury problems? Rashad Penny's Yeah, I was considering him, too, but the injury scared me away. Has not stayed healthy for an entire season in forever. I'm very disappointed in you. What, Boston Scott? You did not bring that, up your guy. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I wouldn't say he's my guy. I mean, listen, he's no, no Trendon Holiday, okay? No, he is no Trendon Holiday. Listen, I, I mean, I think actually Boston Scott, I think he's taller than Trendon Holiday. No, he, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, so, I think everybody's pretty much taller than well, Trendon Well, okay, Holiday. so there you go. So Trendon Holiday will always have a place in my heart yes. for the guy that had an overwhelming amount of potential and never had a chance to show it in a Giants uniform because of the hamstring yes. issue that popped up during training camp. But getting back to the pointed hand here, Yes, I did look at Boston Scott, and I calculated a little bit. But I don't know. It would sound kind of not right for Boston Scott to yeah, put on a Giants weird. uniform, I agree. right? I, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. there's I just, just something. No, I know you were teasing. I'm just saying if, if there's – listen, I guarantee you there's a Giant fan out there who's put together a list of free agents. I guarantee you Boston Scott made the cut. All right. Okay? So I'm with you. Yes, I'm. I'm with you. If you know, if you don't bring Saquon back, I think you're looking probably as much at the draft as you're looking at this free agency class with running back too. So because again, 100%. like I said, you're going three or four rounds deep here. Where I think, you know, Chase Brown at Illinois, like 1,500 rushing yards this year. He could be a fourth round pick. Like you're going to have guys sure. going into the fourth round that can come in. and I think start right away at the running back position in the draft. And previous years have proven that. That's more of a reason why I think teams are more than comfortable investing in the draft. And, One of the and guys. That's why, by the way, the running backs franchise tag is the lowest of all the positions because teams don't want to invest on running backs coming off their first contract. Exactly. One other guy that we didn't bring up that I think is worth mentioning coming off a pretty solid year, Deontay Foreman. Of the Panthers. He's another guy that can be utilized as a receiver. Don't think you're going to, once again, have to make a hefty investment. So, Jarek McKinnon, Raheem Mostert, Deontay Foreman. Those are my top three running back free agents that I think are realistic when you include the financials. And just FYI, they project Pollard, Barkley, and Jacobs all to get franchised, according to PFF, which puts them just over $10 million. And here's just an idea. Miles Sanders is a good player this year. Seven and a half million dollars a year. 
David Montgomery, $6.5 million a year. So that just kind of gives you an idea how the running back market is just uh, more than a little bit depressed when it comes to uh, salary numbers. All right, let's go to a position that I know Giant fans are pretty excited about because the Giants want to add some wide receivers. They're not going to be so excited when I start listing these names. Here are the top <laughs> wide receivers, Lance, available here in free agency. Uh, the number one guy, or some people consider the number one guy, Jacoby Myers, who's developed into a nice little receiver for the Patriots. PFF projects him as a $16 million a year player. Juju Smith-Schuster, who still has one more game left to play for the Chiefs. They have him projected around $12 million. He's had a nice year for Kansas City. You have Odell Beckham Jr., I don't need to add to that. <laughs> Michael Thomas with his myriad of ankle injuries in the last couple years. So who knows what you wow, want to do there. Wow, you whipped a myriad to use for Michael Thomas. I like the alliteration, by the way. You get brownie points yeah, for that. No problem. Yes. Uh, DJ Chark, who also had an injury-riddled season this year. Or, or, or Shark, too. What he's I the most disrespected individual. It's DJ Shark. They they have butchered his last name. Is it Shark, not I am, Shark? 100% okay, positive. DJ yes. Shark. It is Shark. Yes. Do, 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 do. There okay, you go. Perfect. Yeah. That's um, why the song is associated <laughs> yeah, with him. Yes. Absolutely. For that very reason. That's uh, way yeah. cooler. Yeah, yeah it is. They, no, you asked. I, I always thought it was Shark. I'm telling you. No, I believe They I'm, butcher I, I, his name like crazy. I want to call him no, Shark. No, because you listen That's to great. broadcast, they call him Shark. I'm like, is anybody going to receive the memo? And I don't think DJ says anything. No, he must not care. No, he probably doesn't care. There's a lot of guys that just don't care. They butcher your last name. Don't you want it? Corrected, it's amazing. Alan Lazard from the Packers. Uh, Paris Campbell from the Colts are kind of the top guys on the list. I'm looking at Lance. Would you like to add anyone to that equation? Well, Shark and Lazard were the two guys that I've eyed because, once again, I'm looking for realistic targets. Sterling I'm not looking Shepherd, for names. By the way, Sterling Shepard also yes, a free agent. Yes, Sterling Shepard is a free agent. Marvin Jones is another guy I would throw out there. He was also on the Jaguars, the old team for DJ Shark, because obviously he went to the Lions. But, you know, Jones is a little bit up there in age, and he's become more of a complimentary guy. So I wouldn't necessarily put him that high. But Shark, we're talking about 26-27. I don't think the Lions truly tapped into his potential. He also dealt with injury this season, but that's an intriguing name to me. And Lazard has also been one of those overlooked pieces in Green Bay because he was behind Devontae Adams. So Lazard, if he goes elsewhere and he becomes a true number one, number two guy, I think you could still tap in to a lot more upside there. So those would be the two guys because Juju, the problem with Juju is health number one. And I don't think Juju, even with his time with the Steelers, has proven that he could be a reliable go-to guy. So I'd be concerned from that standpoint. Myers, he has potential, but... I wouldn't bring him in as the number one guy, John. I don't I think, know how you feel. I don't think any of these guys are number one guys yeah. for me. So I'm looking for guys that I think maybe haven't necessarily scratched the surface of their true ceiling as a career, and I would be willing to take a flyer. And to me, once again, I think Shark and Lazard fit that bill compared to anybody else. On and again, list. also a weaker draft class, too, when it comes to wide yeah, receivers. not an so overwhelming group. It but is not. And then maybe maybe we'll get, to, you know, there's rumors that the Niners might, for salary cap reasons, have to trade Brandon Ayuk. There's rumors the Bengals might have to trade, you know, T. Higgins. But again, then you're looking at trading draft capital and paying the guys on top of that, which is a lot of assets to allocate to yeah, one guy. Well, that's what the Eagles did with A.J. Brown. I think, though— But if, they were more ready to win. That's a little different there. You know what I mean? Sure, but, I mean, I guess you could say, well, if you bring in an A.J. Brown, you bring in a Stephon Diggs, could right. it have that well, effect yeah. where you yeah. can take a team maybe in the middle area and bring them up? True. The other thing, too, is that the Eagles also had multiple first-round picks. Yeah, they have the assets, to your yeah. point, to sacrifice. Now, you see, this is why I know we're getting a little off topic because we want to go into the free agents, but it's connected. You're Joe Shane. You've had one draft class. 
are you really in a position right now where you want to sacrifice young assets yeah. just to make a splash? I don't know. I don't know the answer, no, John. I, no, I think the but, answer is no because you yeah. need low-cost players. You, you, I would agree. We already talked about it the last couple of days, right? you got to pay Dexter and Andrew Thomas and Daniel Jones and all these guys. You can't pay everybody. Exactly. That's more of a reason why. And it, Remember, he was the one that brought up the point during his season-ending presser and you know, maybe once again, we're reading too much into it. That's what we do in the offseason. But he's anticipating compensatory picks. Because remember, he said we could have mm-hmm. as many as 11. Yep. The bottom line is the way he's talking in a public setting seems to me as if, you know, he anticipates, hey, I could do some more damage through the draft. I could bring in another young nucleus that's not going to strap us financially. He understands that he still has work to do in terms of cleaning up the cap. I just, it would be a surprise from my personal standpoint yeah. if he got cap space and then bottled it all up with some splash moves. All right, let's kind of blow through a couple of these positions quickly here, Lance. We got callers on. I want to get to them. Tight end, uh, Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. He was already franchised once. He's going to be a free agent. Evan Ingram from Jacksonville. Mike Gesicki from Miami. Hayden Hurst. Austin Hooper. Foster Moreau. A nice little free agency class there at tight end. I don't know if the Giants are going to want to go to the top of that market. They already have Bellinger in house. I don't think you have, you know, the type of, you know, Gesicki maybe, but the type of, like, receiver tight end to really complement Bellinger. So my guess is that they'd probably target tight end in the draft, which is a tremendous class, by the way. You're going to get a really good tight end around two or around three in this year's draft. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see it being a highly targeted position. But, you know, they may also feel there's more to get out of Bellinger as a receiver, John, and maybe they're looking for more of that complementary blocker as opposed to a splash guy. Hayden Hurst, to me, would be, I think, a reasonable target. Had a nice season with the Bengals, a veteran guy who's previously with the Atlanta Falcons. You want to bring him in to compliment Bellinger? I can see that. Schultz is going to cost a lot of money. Evan Engram, you're not bringing back, even though he had a really good year with Jacksonville. And Gesicki, I think he became the stepchild in Miami with all yeah, of those wide I think receivers you, that this year. Of that group, I think he would probably be the best fit. I don't know how expensive he'd be, though, too. But he's got a lot of receiving skills. All right, interior yep. offensive line. The Giants might be interested here. I'll throw some names out there. Eagles, Isaac Samalu, Ben Powers from the Ravens, Dalton Reisner from the Broncos, Nate Davis, couple centers, Ethan Pochich. Pochick? Pochick? Pochick, I think? Yeah, Pochich. Yeah. Connor McGovern from the Jets. Uh, good old Will Hernandez. And then Garrett Bradbury. The uh, Justin Pugh is out there. I know the he's Vikings. a tackle, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to skip the tackle <laughs> because I don't think the Giants are going there. Sure. Well, I mean, unless they the want a swing guy, but once again, you're not going to yeah, spend yeah, a lot of money for and, something like that. And you have like Matt Pertenhouse for that, too. And he's a young sure. guy they're trying to develop. So That's fair. I'll skip tackles. But I think the top guys, probably not, because you're looking at probably you know $10 million or so a year for those guys at the top of that group. But I could definitely see maybe if you don't bring back Gates and Feliciano, them bringing in a a veteran or two-year on the inside to compete. Well, Sayumalu is the guy that I'd be willing to spend money on, but I just don't know if that's in the wheelhouse for the Giants because he is a solid interior offensive lineman, and B, you also hurt a division rival at the same time, right, right? by weakening them. And the Eagles are not going to have money to bring him back, I don't think. Well, I mean, it depends on his mindset. You know, remember, he's part of one of the best offensive lines in football. Does he look at that as helping his stock? Or does he look at it as, okay, hey, I want my payday because we are talking about a player up against the age of 30. I would think he wants to cash in, but there's going to be other teams, John, that are going to have interest in Sayumalu. So I don't think that's a reasonable guy. And here's the thing. Some of the players you listed, I would think it's more sensible to bring back Nick Gates than to go and spend money on some of these other guys. You know Nick Gates. You know his versatility. You know what he brings to the table. You might as well spend on Gates then taking a flyer on one of these veterans who's been a journeyman, has been around the block. I just, 
I don't know how much of an upgrade that is over Feliciano and Nick Gates under the circumstances. And Bredesen, who's already under contract. Yeah, Bredesen's yeah, another guy. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, defensive tackle. Let's jump to that again. Get... Wes Schweitzer, by the way, is oh, maybe one, one guy I'll throw out there that we didn't. I don't think you mentioned I him. Did not. You know, he's somebody also who's played with Washington, has the versatility to play center and guard. You want to target him? That's a reasonable guy. And he has guard center flex. Correct. Too. Exactly. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. More of a reason. Defensive tackle, guys at the top of the market, the Giants will not be able to afford. Javon Hargrave, Deron Payne, Dalvin Tomlinson, those guys are all going to be too expensive. Uh, Draymond Jones, Zach Allen had finally a a breakout year. Very nice year with Arizona. Then you're getting into some of these guys, David Onyemata, Sheldon Rankins, Larry Ogunjobi. Your man, Matt Ioannidis. Oh, yeah. Morgan Fox. Big Sean Robinson. If you want to run stuffer to help out with, with Dexter, to maybe him and Leonard don't have to play 85% of the snaps every game. Puna Ford. So there are some guys down on that list because the Giants are going to have to invest some money into depth on the defensive oh, line behind down? Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. That's why, you know, you warm my heart with Ioannidis. I'm no, really high on him, fit. man. He would be. I, you know, him and Dexter Lawrence. Woo. Boy, you were talking about some heavy lifting in terms of the run-stopping aspect. Forget the pass rush. It's appealing to me that both guys get after the quarterback, but you're talking about putting up a brick wall on the interior. That is a match made in heaven. I just, I don't know, because Ioannidis signed a one-year deal, John, with Carolina, and he reunited with Matt Rule, who was his college coach at Temple. He didn't have a monster season, but you figure teams know what Ioannidis could bring to the table based on what he did as a rotational guy at Washington. You know, this could be the year where maybe he really tries to cash in because he's not operating with sentimental value about yeah, reuniting maybe. with his coach. I think part of the reason was, oh, let me go back, reunite with Matt Rule. We'll, we'll see what happens. This could be a year where he's thinking more about money than fit. But Ioannidis would be a spectacular fit. So he would be atop the list of all the guys that you mentioned. I do like Ashawn Robinson. That would be a really nice, practical guy to also team up with Dexter Lawrence because he's exactly what you want. He's going to do the ugly, dirty work in the trenches. Robinson would be number two. All right, real quickly, edge players. Again, guys at the top, the Giants aren't going there with high draft picks invested in Thibodeau and Ojolari. Marcus Davenport, Jadavian Clowney, Charles Amenahieu, Arden Key, Samson Ebukan, uh, Okunronkwo, Ngakwe, Brandon Graham. That's a and mouthful. Then, yeah, and then, you know, there are a lot of mouthfuls. Yeah, there. I was going to say. And, and then well, you get, did very well, though. Thank you. smoothly, rolling off the tongue, yeah. And then you, you get to some of the real veterans. You know, I mentioned Ingram, Justin Houston, Kyle Van Noy. These guys have been around for a while. Then you got guys like Rasheem Green. I think Lorenzo Carter would actually be a good death piece on the edge, to be honest with you. And Welcome back, Carter. Left, but he's fast, he's long, he can run, he's good in setting the edge. I, you know, 
I was always I always liked Lorenzo. He's not a star, but I think he's a solid backup. So I could see them adding some depth in that spot because it is a little bit light once you get past Ojolari and Thibodeau because especially Jihad Ward's a free agent. So. Yeah, well, Ward makes sense to bring back, but also Ojolari has not necessarily stayed healthy, John, exactly. too. I mean, that's more of a reason. So when we talk about you want extra pieces, you also want a guy that you think could be impactful. Here's a name I don't believe you mentioned because, I mean, you were fast and furious with that list. So I forgive me if I missed one. Jaron Reed. I did not mention him. Is a player that, to me, has flexibility to go inside and outside. Yeah, I see him as more of an inside guy, I think. Yeah, but he's a sack guy. I mean, he had a nice season no, with Green Bay. Sure. He previously played with Seattle. I know people are going to point out he had some suspensions off the field issues. I think he's gotten over that hurdle. Reed, to me, is somebody who has proven enough where he could be Jihad Ward and then some, I think, even in the sack department. So I would look at Jaron Reed compared to all the guys that you yeah, brought up. He's a good player. All right, linebackers, Giants might not have might have two brand new starting inside linebackers. We'll see what happens with Darian Beaver's injury. Uh Levante David, veteran, he's going to be really expensive. Same with David Long, same with Tremaine Edmonds. Those guys are all 10 plus million dollar a year players, so do it do what you will. Uh TJ Edwards from the Eagles, good player. Lane Vander Esch from Dallas. He'll probably come in probably more in that 6-7 to seven range. Bobby Okarecki, someone the Giants faced this year. We talked about him during that matchup. Uh, Jermaine Pratt is somebody that um, Giant fans should be familiar with. Drew Tranquil, who changed teams this year. Alex Singleton, he was a free agent a couple years ago. We talked a lot about him. Uh, Kaiser White. Was he with the Chargers last year still, or did he change teams? He was with the Eagles. He was at the Eagles. Yeah. That's right. He went to yeah. Philadelphia. Previously That's with right. the Chargers, yeah. Um, Aziz Al-Shahir and Denzel Perryman. So the Giants, I think, will make an investment here. I think there's a chance they go in the draft, too. I don't think it's a great inside linebacker class in the draft. So I could definitely see them trying to cherry-pick a mid-level guy here that they like that could do some of the stuff Wink needs this guy in the middle to do, and he's talked about it, length and speed. That's what he wants. Well, and this also goes back to how much are you keeping those guys on the field too, John? When yeah, he puts the million safeties out there. Yeah, I mean, that's why if you're talking about investing in an interior linebacker, it's not so much the appeal of the player. It's give me your game plan. It's Joe Shane walking into Wink's office and saying, okay, Wink, if we brought in player X, how many snaps are we looking at per game? Are you taking him off the field on third down? Because I gotta get bang for the buck, right? From a financial standpoint, you're not standpoint. paying nine million for a guy that's playing thirty-five yeah. snaps a game. Now, of the names you threw out, I really like T.J. Edwards, and here's another guy within the division. But once again, how are you utilizing Edwards? That would be my question. Now, I don't think that's a guy that you got to go out and spend an awful lot of money. But he, to me, would be a versatile person that you could utilize to man the middle of the field. That, to me, is, I think, a reasonable target of all those guys. Now, if you're looking for an aging veteran, Anthony Barr had a decent year with the Dallas Cowboys. Perhaps that's somebody that you could bring in. Um, Kyle Van Noy is the former Patriot who went to the Chargers this year. Um, Once again, I'm listing complimentary veterans at this stage. You don't have to, I think, spend a lot, but maybe you can get something out of them snap-wise. Those would be potential targets as well. Yeah, those guys aren't Mike linebackers. They would be. They would. They're not. No, correct. And stuff like that. Exactly. So it all depends yeah. what you're looking for. Sure. All right, I'm going to skip safety since uh, I mean, I'll do a couple because Julian loves a free agent. Cornerback: Jamel Dean, James Bradbury, Cameron Sutton, Jonathan Jones, Patrick Peterson, Rockyson, Byron Murphy, who was a first round pick just a couple years ago, uh, Marcus Peters. Uh, the main guys at cornerback there, who the Giants could be in in business here, trying to find the second cornerback. Well, and also some of the injuries that they dealt with this past season. I would not rule out cornerback. 
a lot of the names you brought up are veterans, not necessarily young guys, I would say. Yeah, and they're not going to be cheap either. Correct. So I think they're probably out of the ballpark for the Giants. I don't know if there's anyone that's reasonable. Teams retain good cornerbacks. Sure. That's how it goes. They do. You know, Rocky Asin, who was traded from the Colts to the Raiders, he was part of that Yannick Ngakwe trade. Yannick Ngakwe, by the way, also a free agent. You know, he's somebody that's in that 26-27 age ballpark. He's had some issues in the league, though. He's not absolutely great. Sure. But I'm once again, I'm looking more. If sure. I'm going to invest in a corner, I'm looking at the age. I don't know if I want to wrench on a guy for a year because, you know, we go back to. Well, 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 then, well, then I think you're drafting one, right? Then fine. Then I can live with that. Then I could totally swallow that as opposed to bringing in somebody who is not going to be a building block. I think if you're Joe Shane. And we talked about the approach with the draft and still doing a lot of heavy lifting. There are certain positions which I think developing is far more important than just going out and spending yeah. money. And corner's one of them. Corner is absolutely one of them. Because when we go over the top five positions in the NFL, whether it be on offense or defense, corner is one of those top five positions. They're right now in a spot, especially after they went through Bradbury and Adoree Jackson, you got to now start turning your attention to developing an outside And corner. they have Aaron Robinson, Cordell Flott. You hope he can develop but those guys. health we'll issues. See. I mean, with Robinson, too, he's coming off a serious knee injury. Right, 100%. Remember, yeah. this is the last year of a Dory Jackson contract, too. So you yeah. got to start. More of a reason. you got to future-proof it, right? All right, finally, safety. Yep. I know we went long here, guys. We'll get to your calls, I swear to God. I promise. Safety. Jordan, I mentioned Julian Love. We'll see about that. Jesse Bates, he's going to make a ton of money. Jordan Poyer's going to make a lot of money. Chauncey Garner-Johnson from the Eagles, he's going to make a lot of money. Oh, we're formal? You're not calling him CJ? I you know no, him no. more on a formal yeah, Chauncey. Okay. It's Chauncey. That's why. Uh, Von Bell, he's probably going to make a lot of money, too. It's a nice safety class. Jimmy Ward, who after some injury-riddled seasons, played well for San Francisco. He's out there. Taylor Rapp, who I can't believe he's a free agent already. I feel like he was just in the draft class like two years ago. I don't know how that happened. Uh, Juan Thornhill, uh, who's a good player. Donovan Wilson from the Cowboys, Adrian Amos, who I think we talked about as a free agent a couple years ago when he went to Chicago. Um, Ronnie, or he went to Green Bay, Green pardon Bay, yeah. me, yeah, from Chicago. Uh, Ronnie McLeod, Devin McCourty, who I think will probably retire. Uh, and McLeod Epps, is up there age-wise, yeah, too. and, and Deron Harmon, another older guy. So, again, I think if the Giants don't bring back Love and— PFF has a projection of him of around $7 million a year, and I think if that's where it lands, I think there's a good chance he is back for the Giants. You just don't know where the where the market's going to lead here. Sure. Um, but well, you also, I mean, keep in mind, a few of the names you mentioned, if they stay on their respective teams, like if the Bengals retain Jesse Bates and the Bills Poyer. Then that pushes Love, love to the top of the class, correct. right? He starts moving yeah. up. That's all it takes. You know, if you're a team that is in desperate need to fill a void and you were banking on a guy coming back, all of a sudden now maybe you're willing to add a little bit more flexibility to your offer. So that's something to look out for. My feeling with all of these safeties is I think if they don't bring back Julian Love, I would turn to the draft. I think that's a place to go to perhaps develop one of these young guys because I think the really solid polished guys are going to be costly. And when you look at other needs that the Giants have, I don't know, especially, John, they're going to have to pay McKinney. You know, how much money do you want bottled up in one position yeah. on your roster? That's also something to weigh. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. No question about it. 201-939-4513. All right, let's go to Cliff in New York. He's been waiting the longest. Cliff, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, Great show. Um, uh, I wanted to put all this together with uh, where Daniel Jones is making his decisions. Uh, um, You know, I'm thinking of this as not year two for Shane and Dable. I'm thinking of it as year 1A, you know. I mean, we had a great season, a lot to be happy about, but uh, they have really had a lot of limits in what they could do. They they did what they could do. Yeah, we agree with uh, you. We agree. Yeah, and does Daniel, um, does Daniel get to think a little differently than his agent might uh, and um, not rely exclusively on what I assume, you know, would be the agent's point of view? And think in terms of a partnership with the franchise, and um, and think of himself as uh, interested in being part of a champion, being part of a champion in New York. Cliff, if you're asking a player going into his first contract as a free agent to take a significant discount, it's something that we've seen in the NFL maybe once. It just look maybe you're right. Maybe that's how Daniel look at it, and it'll work out. It's great. We just haven't seen that much at all. Was the once Brady? Uh, Tom, I don't think is a good example. Cliff, well, by the way, he didn't do it in his first contract. Sure. Well, also, Tom also had a lot of incentives that nobody tends to bring up. The way that they made up for the money that he wasn't given on the front side of the contract, they put all these incentives. So if Tom gets the X amount of passing yards or a Pro Bowl or touchdowns, he'd wind up actually recouping a lot of the money after the season was over. It's not like Tom was all of a sudden cutting his salary in half. So I, I think yeah. that's a little misconstrued in terms of how Tom went about his business. Okay, well, uh, so I'm not looking for what I would call a discount. I mean, uh, sure sounds uh, that uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're well, bargaining. It, it has to be a discount if he doesn't if he doesn't uh, get the, the what the top what the top of the market uh, in his position would give him. That's a discount. I mean, he can't. No, think. I mean, no, no. I don't think it's top. I mean, top of the market is fifty million. I don't think anyone's talking about yeah. that. Well, he was talking about in his tier. So in his tier, it. we're talking you know thirty five to forty. Probably is yeah. more realistic. That's what you're focusing on, right, Cliff? Yeah, I'm focusing yeah. on that. I mean, does he have to get the max in that range? Well, I mean, uh, it, once again, it depends on his outlook, as you pointed out. Does he feel that him and Dable and Kafka are a good team and that this is his best option? Does that then change his mindset where maybe getting the top-tier money is not the biggest priority? Perhaps. Here's the other thing that you have to understand, at least through the agent lens, and also some of the players think this way. I'm not saying they all do. The reason why it's important for certain players to not take less than they can truly get is because contracts are made publicly known. So other quarterbacks are looking at what Daniel Jones gets and other safeties are looking at Julian Love and we could go down the list and Dexter Lawrence and his extension. So these players, they're helping each other. The union is one group from that standpoint where the more money every quarterback gets, that helps the guys that come down the rest of the pipe. Now, I'm not saying, once again, Daniel and his agent are thinking like that, but if you hurt the market, you don't just hurt yourself, you hurt other players that come after you. 
So that's well, another part of the equation that comes into well, play. Well, <laughs> that dampens my enthusiasm, but and I'm sure it's real. I mean, I'm not. Well, and, and I'm not bringing it up to make you feel bad. I'm just talking about the reality and the nature of the business. That's that's a big reason why, by the way, contracts are publicly made because agents and players they want to know what other guys are getting so they could use it on the negotiating table. And by the way, I'll, I'll well, say this too, Cliff. And I said this last week when I was on with Howard, or earlier yes. this week when I was on Howard. There are levels to this, right? Like if Daniel Jones going to leave the Giants to go to an unfavorable situation for, like, I'll use the expression, a few dollars, even though it's going to be a few hundred thousand dollars or whatever. No, right. I would say probably not. But is he going to take, like, a 15% pay cut to, like, go do that? I don't know the answer to that. And I think, look, and I think you do say to him at some point, look, Daniel, if you want to make max out your earning potential, then maybe we can't add that wide receiver to help you. And you explain that to him sure. because there's only so many – dollars you can spend so those conversations will happen and it all depends well we know the agent's going to try to maximize value you know the giants want to get him on the best deal possible for the team and it's going to be daniel's decision in the end in terms of what he wants to do and what's important to him and where he wants to go and what amount of money is okay for him and we'll see what that negotiation looks like we have no idea we're not going to try to you know negotiate numbers for people here and what's fair and what's not He'll figure it out with the team. Yeah, the Bengals are going to have the same conversation with Joe Burrow. They're and, going to say to Joe, And Joe, the Chargers with Justin yeah, Herbert. We got to pay. Well, Keenan Allen, they may move on from, so I don't know. But the Bengals, at least, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They could go to Joe and say, Joe, do you want to throw to somebody? <laughs> if you want to throw to somebody, you got to leave us at least a little pocket change to operate. The Giants are not in that situation because, if anything, they want to have the ability to bring those guys in. Here's the other thing, though, which relates to what you were talking about, John, with respect to the second contract. And, Cliff, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, thank you, Cliff. With respect to the player's mindset, I just wonder, even though that sounds appealing, where you could say, okay, Daniel may be thinking – this is not the end of the road. I'm going to get another contract. Life in the NFL, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I don't know if a lot of players, even at the quarterback position, John, is what I'm getting at, think like that. Meaning, is he really thinking about four years from now, I'm going to get another contract? I mean, what happens, God forbid, you get hurt? And if you think like that and you lay out that game plan, don't you want to maximize right now your highest potential and your highest value? Once again, I'm just throwing it out there as food for thought compared to some of the other cliched narratives right. that we always hear around well, this Well, of course, here. the other question is how much is enough, right? Is $35 million enough? Or like, oh, I need 38 a month enough, you know, because that's going to make a real big difference sure. going from 35 yeah. to 38. Yeah. So look, th it's, this is, or whatever, going from 32 to 35, whatever number yeah. you're I talking mean, about. I mean, what can't here. you not live on under those circumstances? Right, I mean, correct. easy for us to say. Yeah, easy but, for us to say. You know, when you start all of a sudden factoring taxes and everything else, I don't know, you know. That well, there mean, are a million things that sure. go into it. 100%. Absolutely. Or they have multiple family members they have to take care of. And, you know, we're not putting that together. Yeah, no one knows what everyone's yeah. individual situation is. Absolutely. So that's why we're not trying to negotiate publicly here. And But they'll figure it out. And look, again, the Giants have the franchise tag, so he'll be back one way or the other. But they hope they can figure out something long term. Let's go to Wilson and Roxbury. He's up next. Hi, Wilson. Hey guys, how are you? How What's you up? Doing? Doing right. hey, hey guys, hey listen, you know what nobody's bringing into the equation with Daniel Jones' contract uh, is the fact that John Mara loves his kid. Uh, because just being being a quarterback of the Giants is not just you know the ability to uh, to play quarterback. There's nothing else that comes with it. So John Mara for 16 years he went to sleep at night and he he knew he wasn't gonna get a phone call at two in the morning. But listen, we got our situation with Eli Manning, and he sees that in Daniel Jones. So that that that's a big equation into this negotiation, though. Well, of course and, uh, it is. Yeah, I, look, look, look. His totality as a player, in terms of someone oh, yeah. that can handle New York, you can trust. Yeah. 
represents the right. franchise well is 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 all baked into that. And I think John Mara, when he's talked about Daniel, has kind of made that clear that right. that's how he feels about him. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's brought up multiple but, times. He says, um, to paraphrase him, you know, we did everything, meaning as an organization, to screw him up, essentially, right? I mean, that was his big quote coming into this right. season. So he was very excited about seeing, okay, if you give him better coaching, some better talent, you know, who's to say where Daniel Jones can go? So I'm sure that hasn't changed. If anything, that perspective probably has been strengthened, right, based on what Daniel did this season. But I would say this in general terms, Wilson, whether we're talking about an uh -huh. NBA team, a hockey team, baseball team, I don't think it's ever good to make decisions based on sentimental value. I think you always need no, to make a decision what's good for you as an organization from an X's and O's standpoint, not how you personally feel about an individual on your roster. No, guy, and I understand that. But listen, there's one thing that I just have this crazy feeling, though, that they won't use the tag on Daniel Jones. Because this one thing, though, if and I told you this before, John, if he gets bad advice, right, and he – he disappoints John Mara. I think it's all over. I, I, it's John, Mara kisses, I, John Mara hasn't a lot of invested in this kid. I don't know why he sees another Eli in him. Yeah, but Wilson, I want to ask you real quick. Let me, let me just ask you, how would he disappoint John yeah. Mara? What do you mean by uh, that? If he comes in and says, listen, I want $40 million. I don't care. I want to help anybody, whatever. <laughs> and, he, and, and, John, and John Mara feels disappointed. I think it's all over. I, I just—it's like a weird situation. I don't think that I would think disappoint him, though. I mean, I think that's the nature of the beast in terms of negotiation. How can you fault a player and his agent for wanting the best financial value on a contract, Wilson? If you were in his position, if you were Daniel Jones, you're going to tell me you don't want to maximize your value? Isn't that's, that the goal no, of everybody in life? That's business. That's yeah. not personal. <laughs> that's business. It's because, not personal. Because listen, no. Because listen, after 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 the, his his first two years. I mean, the pressure on John Mara to basically cut this kid w was through the roof. I mean, you heard all the radio talk. I mean, yeah, which was what stupid, but okay. I don't think he faced pressure to cut him. He was on a rookie contract. Yeah, was Why no was he face facing pressure to cut him? And, and by the way, and, and then Daniel can come back and say, well, you know, of all this stuff, you guys had a chance to pick up my fifth-year option last year, and you didn't. Of, no, of, of course. Hey, listen, yeah. and, uh, listen, I, listen, real quick on Saquon Barkley, I love Saquon. I wouldn't pay him $50 million. But uh, uh, but uh, listen, I don't I don't agree with you guys saying uh, that uh, you know you have to replace Saquon with another receiver because you got to run the ball in, in East Rutherford because look what happened to the Buffalo Bills they couldn't run for two yards it was Josh Allen throwing the ball all over the place just throwing the interceptions all over the place how many games and did they the win I'm sorry how many games did they win. John, I know that. But <laughs> what, what, what about wait Wilson? What about the Chiefs? What about the Chiefs? Do the Chiefs pound the football? Well, you're talking about okay. <laughs> you guys always got back to me, and you guys kind of. I'm just. Well, I'm we're, just we're, we're having a conversation. Well, and, I mean, and Wilson, by the way, and, 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 and Wilson, no, Wilson, if and, and, and Wilson, what we were talking about is that you had to replace him as a dynamic weapon, right? So if you had, don't happen to bring him back, you need to have somebody that's to to quote God help me to quote Paul Dottino, You need a headache player that 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 you don't the want other, to sponsor that one. That no, I don't. Okay. That that the other team has to worry about, and whether it's a running back or a receiver, that's fine. My point is that you need okay. to have that dynamic weapon. That that was the point we were no. trying to make. Oh, okay. I that, that I agree. I just you just can't like throw the ball forty five no, times. No, of course Nobody's not. No, of course, yeah. of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Because yeah. that, that's what Buffalo. That's what Buffalo. That's what Buffalo tried to do. Uh, and against they barely beat Miami with a third string quarterback, and they got destroyed by Cincinnati because they couldn't run the ball two yards. That's sure. what. That's yeah. what I'm saying. 
Nolan Wilson, right. we agree. Well, and, 100%. And uh, thank you for the call. We 100% agree. And look, when we say replace two, draft a running back. It's always good to draft a running back. You can find good running backs in the draft in all the rounds. All the rounds. Explosive playmakers. That was the conversation. I'm assuming he was referring to the discussion we were having yesterday. I'm guessing too, yeah. Because actually, I brought up the Bills as an example, if you recall. Remember I said Brian Dable and Joe Shane are coming from a team where Diggs, the receiver, was the explosive guy? Right. They didn't have the running back, so could the Giants try to flip-flop? But the goal was get explosive plays. Whether it comes from you get him on the ground or through the air, to me that's irrelevant. But no, nobody was saying Daniel Jones should be operating where he throws the ball 45 times or something. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't care even if you brought Stephon Diggs to New York. I'd still say you don't want him throwing the ball 45 times. Yeah, the times. baseline for me Never is, is that if a team dares you to run, you have to be able to run it. If a team dares you to throw, you have to be able to throw it. That's like the lowest baseline possible, right? They play two safeties deep against you, you have to make him be able to play with the run. And if they stack the box, you got to make them pay, pay with the pass and yeah. at least make them play honest defense. And I think that's kind of uh, where we're at here. And, oh, by the way, just a one quick side note with respect to the Bills because, you know, the last caller said they got destroyed by Cincinnati. Big reason why the Bills didn't eventually get to the championship game and the Super Bowl is because their defense took a massive hit, too. A lot okay? of injuries over yeah, the Yeah, it was not the, just yeah. the offense. Micah Hyde, they lost top safety. And when Von Miller got hurt, uh, their everything. pass rush completely disappeared with him, which says an awful lot about the lack of depth, by the way, in Buffalo. When you lose one player and a key facet of your team goes with it then that means you have a lot of work to do this offseason in beefing up your depth and they have Jordan Poyer out uh we'll see how good Tredavious White is coming back from that injury he came back late in the year Jermaine Edmonds their middle linebacker is a free agent so a lot of question marks yeah from a roster that looked like one of the deepest in the league two years ago you talk about the NFL ebbs and flows that's how quickly it changes like that you snapped right before me yeah I just want (laughs) I was thinking to snap but he snapped before me let the record show that but yes go ahead we're both in Brooklyn we're fast uh Pearson uh you can do a third one I'll try to go through these quick let's Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. Scott's up next. Hey, Scott. Hi. Uh, this seems to be the Daniel Jones show, so uh, I'm going to follow suit with uh, with what both Cliff and Wilson had talked about. All right, let the bidding start, Scott. What do we have? What's the opening <laughs> okay. bid? Just uh, pardon my na- naivete, but I just wanted to make sure, first of all, there are three uh, tags they can use, a non-exclusive franchise tag, an exclusive franchise tag, and a transition tag. That's and correct. Are you missing any tags there? Or no, that, that is correct. Three? No, Those you have three. all of your bags tagged accordingly. Okay. Uh, right now, he's probably ranked as either the ninth or tenth best quarterback in the league by a lot of people. Well, again, I would say, again, it depends on the criteria. If you're talking right. about guys you would want to have for the next three to five years, yes. If you're talking about right. best quarterbacks right now, I think he may be a little bit further down the list. Okay. The exclusive franchise tag, as I understand it, is not used very often. No. Uh, the one that is used the most, obviously, is the uh, transition tag. And well, that's not used very much either. I would say the non-exclusive franchise non-exclusive tag is the one. Is the one. Used the most? Yes. Yes, that's used the most. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So with the non-exclusive one, that's the one where you would have to give two first-round draft choices if he decided not to sign with the Giants, correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Does it make sense, uh, knowing the tags and knowing Tom, oh, a little history about Tom Condon, who's his agent, does it make sense from your perspective? And is, nobody has a crystal ball, so I don't know. And it was a very fascinating conversation on all the other players that are perhaps options for the Giants. But specifically for Daniel Jones, 
would it make sense not to use the tag, but to negotiate a long-term deal? Yeah, of course. Which then, then frees up. And what do you think the amount is to secure his service? I'm only uh, asking I'm for not, an opinion. I'm not holding anybody. No, 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 no. no. Scott, we are, we, we're not negotiating contracts here. But we, we, we put the range in those report. How about this? I'll do it this way. There was okay. a report by Connor Hughes from SNY yesterday that the target would be somewhere between 35 and $37 million. If you want okay. to expand that up to the 40-ish area, because that's where PFF had the projected number, I think right. you're looking at something in that range is likely where this will land. The franchise, the non-exclusive franchise tag would be $32 million. I think those are kind of the numbers that you're looking at. Okay. Yeah, the $32 million should be the barometer, I mean, just based on common sense, Scott, because if he were to be tagged, that would be the number. So you figure his agent is probably operating within that ballpark. I mean, we're not trying to negotiate anything. That's just no, you usually that. use those numbers as somewhat of a starting point based on what we've seen trend-wise in the NFL. Right. So uh, if they do a long-term deal, do you know how many years you think something like that would be? That makes sense to the Giants, in other words. I think the Giants would like no, to have it. I'm not asking for... Sure. for no, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah and, and I think this is a balancing act, and, and Scott, thanks for the call. I want to make sure we squeeze in the last two guys. You can listen off the air. Um, where I think it'll eventually land, I think you're looking at a shorter-term deal, because then the Giants get one more look. Daniel can cash in again in a shorter amount of time. But I think the Giants would love if they get it at a number that they think is going to stand the test of time and Daniel's amenable to it. They'd love to get him for a five-year deal if they get it at a good number. Yeah, because you can that, lock him into that number. Correct. The sure. problem is that I don't think if Daniel's going to sign a long-term deal, I don't think he's going to want it to be at a low number. He's going to want it at a higher number. Of course. So yeah. that that's kind of the trick. You could probably get it at a slightly lower number if it's a shorter-term deal because then he can reset the market and try again in two or three seasons. So that's kind of how I think it's going to look like. The Giants would love it to be long because then you can take the signing bonus, you can spread oh, you it can out spread over it the out, sure, contest, yeah. you can play with the contract, yeah. and that creates more cap space. Yeah, I think the player and his agent always want to say to themselves, let's have the flexibility so that as the salary cap goes up, okay, Daniel Jones and his agent, they know the cap goes up every single year. And this has been the pattern be, here. Guys yeah. have been signing three-year deals. Exactly. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find. I mean, how many guys in the NFL have even signed the five-year Some deal? offensive linemen do okay, from time but, to time. Okay, but I mean, yeah. outside of that, mm -hmm. you're, just, you're not going to see that. Or you're going to see maybe a four-year deal and the fourth year is an option oh, of some or sort. Or even like avoidable year or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. you know, so that to me— Mahomes' deal really long? Yes, Mahomes yes, was Mahomes the outlier. Yes, Mahomes did a 10-year deal. That was a 10-year deal, correct. Correct, yeah. But I, I feel like there was some out there in Mahomes' deal, though. I don't remember. I, don't I believe there was an out Pearson within the language of that. But, yeah, that was unusual. What was Josh Allen's deal? Do you remember offhand? I don't I'll think Allen was 10, out. yeah. I'll look it up. So I would think three to four years would be something that is obtainable. Beyond that, I don't know if the team would want to do that especially if they feel, you know, we want to see a little bit more, which is something I indicated yesterday. And once again, I think the player and the agent want to feel as if they have the financial flexibility to pursue another contract. So three to four, I think, is reasonable. Beyond that, it would take just the player saying, hey, I love being here. Money's not the all-consuming factor. Sign me on the dotted line. Allen was six years. But once again, any flexibility or outs on those deals based on what you're seeing there on the screen? I don't think it has the full breakdown. No, it, I'd be it, curious it like to the know. Team, the team can get out of it pretty easily after 2026 if they want to, but I don't know if the player has an out. Okay. And well, this, was, this was an extension as well. So Sure. Yeah. 
I guess I'm looking at it more from the team because normally the team does have the out right. as opposed to the player. Correct. And I think any team wants that because, you know, once again, the salary cap's going to change. Financial flexibility right now is different than what your priorities are going to be four or five years down the road. And I think you want to have that ability depending on what happens because you don't have a crystal ball. You just you don't know the injury rate. You don't know whether or not the quarterback is going to pan out. You don't know what's going to happen with the pieces around them. There's so much unknown with the NFL. That's why I think players and teams are leery, John, just in general sense because of the turnover rate in this league to lock themselves up to anything long term. Unless overall. it's Patrick Mahomes. Well, of course, there's always exceptions, but I mean, Mahomes is the top of the top. Of course. When it comes to the most important position in the NFL. Our good buddy, Steve in Washington, D.C. Steve O. Hey, what's happening, fellas? Happy New Year and all that good stuff. Well, that is the latest Happy New Year I've ever gotten, Steve. Well done. (laughs) You don't want to throw in Happy Holidays, too? Happy Thanksgiving, Steve. Has the statute of limitations run out on that? Happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You're hey, welcome. Hey, Lance, I'm, I'm, listen, you both, all you guys do a great job, but Lance, I got to really tip my hat to you, man. You're an ultimate professional. I really like the way you handle your business and all all the things you do, man. You you know, so you are a professional. I just wanted to let you well, know I, I recognize that. your professionalism. So I just want to say this, man. I'm a I'm a wrecked show and just say this. I'm sorry, Uh-oh. guys. And by the way, I am I, pr- I am very I, proud I, of my I, unprofessionalism. <laughs> by the way, but that's okay. Go ahead, no, Steve. No, listen, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just busting you. I just see that, that that's why you I need the adult so. in the room, Steve, because I got to balance out the children that I'm around. So thank you, thank you for noting that, Steve. It's so stressful. I have to change diapers. I have to put the bottle in. I mean, come on. You know, nobody takes oh, this into consideration. I'm in charge of all these lunatics. Yeah. All right, that's all I gotta say. Go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. I should be campaigning for a new contract. But anyway, go ahead. Yes. All right, guys. I'm just gonna quickly. I'm just gonna say. No, you're good. Not, I'm gonna start with. I'll start with Saquon, and then I'll go. I'll be quick too, so you don't have to no, worry about. You're fine. Quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, floor is yours. With, first thing with Saquon. The thing is this. I, you know, second year running back with uh, just a little bit of hint of injuries. Listen, honestly, I'm not into giving a bag to him. Meaning, if it was more than twelve and a half, though, what I was reported, we might have, you know, offered him at the buy. Then. If if we still offer that, fine. But anything more than twelve or thirteen, I say tag him or let him walk. Personally, I mean, you don't. It's not even a Saquon thing. It's a running back thing. I personally don't like our offense being ran through a running back. That's not New York football, Giants football. I just don't like it and being on so dependent on one player anyway, especially a running back. Not position. fair enough. So, it just, so I'm gonna leave that right where it is because I do love Saquon, but it's, it's, it's no way you pay a guy a running back more than twelve million dollars today's game. So many in the draft, you got you know uh, Kareem Hunt out there. I mean, I just don't. I just think it's a mistake. But I also think the biggest epic mistake would be re-signing Daniel Jones, and here's why: because he's not the guy where you could say it's the guy we do whatever we got to do. We're sitting there talking about ways to try to get him at the bottom of, you know, of, of the chain as far as the money is concerned. It's just too many questions, and the reality is this. We didn't pick up his fifth year for a reason. So what happened at the bye week when we didn't even talk to him? We were 6-2, and two and we weren't talking to him. What is the difference between the bye week and, at, you know, and at the end of the season where obviously we all, we digress as a team? So, to me, 
Well, we're, Steve, we're just real, real quickly not, in terms of yeah. jumping in, I think the reason why they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, you have to understand, you had new management, you had a new coach. So the knowledge uh-huh. that Joe Shane and Brian Dable had of Daniel Jones was minuscule. And by at the that way, point. I think if they could go back in time and pick up that fifth year option, yeah. I think they would <laughs> to give themselves point. some more leeway. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I would want them to. Sure, so, I so, would want them to at this point in time. Don't get me wrong. And Steve, and, and by the way, real quick, and, and real Steve, real, just real fast on, on your other point, I think the reason they didn't sure. do the negotiation halfway through the year, they probably wanted to see a little bit more. You know, it's only one half season worth of production, and things yeah. can mm-hmm. change the second half of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to your point, Steve, I don't. I don't think Absolutely. one game in particular in the second half, they all of a sudden saw the light and said, "Oh, Daniel Jones is our guy." I think they're operating what he did over the entire in the entirety of the season, yeah. and also, you know, mm-hmm. how they progressed as an offense. And some games it was run heavy early on, then all of a sudden you put more on Daniel's plate. I don't think there was ever that light switch moment. To your point, mm-hmm. I think they were waiting to assess a 16-17 mm-hmm. game slate. And, and I would say this too, Steve. And then, and, and, and then, Steve, real fast, and then you can mm-hmm. finish. And I want to sure. just I want to leave this I want to leave this question for you too. You can make your final point, and then I want you to answer my question. If you don't okay. bring Daniel back and you don't want a franchise tag, and which I'm assuming based on your prior statement, you don't want to do that either. Where would you mm-hmm. go in terms of quarterback? Go ahead. Listen, I mean, okay, I'm pretty up. So. With six and two, we 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 didn't weren't able to get a deal with done. I don't know really what happened after we were six and two, other than eight more, you know, nine more games. Well, I don't think he showed a, a lot more. It looks like he really only looking at half the field, but that's a whole nother thing. The bottom line is this: I just really feel like we'll probably will get outpriced on him. And if you're looking at a guy that's trying to pay him at a lower echelon, then he's just not the guy. If I felt like we had enough pieces in place that we could plug and play, and we could actually beat even win our division, then I, forget a Super Bowl. If we could just get be, you know, win our division, go 500, and I would probably be, okay, let's do it. But we're, we're more than two years away. So to sign a quarterback when you're more than two years away, it just doesn't make sense. I think it really, you know, puts them in a very tough place because if we don't win in the next two years, then clearly, and most, you know, fans are going to go crazy. So How about the franchise the tag, Steve? How about the franchise tag? Yeah, you're not in well, favor of that? It's too well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's worse because now we're saying we're going to give them all this guaranteed money, like we're going to perform next year. I don't really think we can beat in two years. You know, I don't. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I'm diehard, so I'm going to support no matter what we do. But I don't think we're there in two years. That's why I'm like, let them walk, just blow it up, and you know, and bring some pieces in here. As far as the draft, number one, we, you know, we do have Tyrod is the bridge here. I don't care if we were to bring in a lower echelon quarterback or, you know, pick one late in the, you know, in the draft or not at all. I don't really feel like we have to do anything. I just don't. I don't feel like we got to automatically put, you know, put another player in that position at this point. If somebody would have lined up, you know, great. But I, I'm going to lie to you, I do want to target <laughs> Anthony Richardson, you know. I want him back. I want him back. Do what y'all got to do. Get him. But no, either are the guy or you're not the guy. You had five years, and I mean, I listen. I know, Four. you know, John Mayer has respect of the, you know, the management all that. But I hope they're not listening to him and his personal feelings about him or uh, Daniel or any other players. Because this is a business, and the business is winning. No, absolutely. No, 100%. And I wouldn't be concerned about that, Steve. And Steve, thanks for the call, man. Good to hear from you. Don't be a stranger, bro. Yeah, I I don't think that sentimental, emotional feel is what's dictating the conversation. I I think Brian Dable's been in the league long enough. He's been around enough quarterbacks. He knows when he sees one. Joe Shane has evaluated and scouted multiple players. You have very smart, intellectual individuals in the room assessing the situation. So that I don't think is a concern. 
I was going to bring up that question. You beat me to it in terms of, well, if you move on from Daniel Jones, it, it's the question I pose to any fan with any team. What's plan B? What's plan B? You go with Tyrod Taylor for a year and you weigh your options? Okay. I mean, I don't think that's terrible. But if the idea is, well, draft a guy. They're drafting too late. They're selecting too late in the first round. They're not going to get one of the prize possessions that high. And then you say, okay, we'll take a flyer on a guy like a Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is on the opposite end of the spectrum. one in a million. Yeah, you're not getting Brock Purdy to work out for you. So the draft, to me, I'd throw out, and I wouldn't even consider that as an option. It's Daniel Jones versus one of these free agent quarterbacks. Or Tyrod. Or Tyrod, correct. So a lot of these guys, some have baggage, some have injury question marks that we went over earlier in the program. And they're going to be costly too. Sure. Now, maybe you don't have to spend 30-some-odd million, but you're still going to have to pay them, you know, 20-some-odd million maybe, even um, if it's a one- or a two-year well, deal. It's sound- like if you bring in, I'm sorry, if you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, you could sign Jimmy to a two-year, it may cost you 20 to $25 million. Okay. So, I mean, you're still investing a lot of money in a quarterback, whether it's a rental. I think the Giants are more saying, wouldn't we rather than put that money in a guy that's younger who knows the offense that we can grow towards. And can get better. To Steve's point, to get to the point where maybe a year or two down the road, he makes enough of a jump where you are in a position where now you're staying at that steady line to compete. I think that, to me, is more practical than just, once again, renting a guy for a year or two who's not going to be in your long-term plan. Yeah, it sounds like Steve's really willing to take a couple steps back to take a bigger step forward later. Um, But the problem is that you have to pay all these guys in the meantime. So you're never really going to yeah. hit rock bottom because you're re-signing guys like Dexter Lawrence. You're re-signing guys like Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney. So even though you don't re-sign Jones, you're still keeping – it's not like you're the Texans where you literally got rid of all of your good players and you're bottoming out. Where like you that. have like a bunch of guys on one-year contracts right. across yeah, the board. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or like the Bears, where the Bears sure. literally had a fire sale and traded everybody that had any value in the organization. The Giants, I don't think that's where they're going to go here. I don't think that's realistic after you win a playoff game in a year. That's why, to me, I would be okay with the tag. Because then maybe you're for sure. Maybe you get better town around Daniel. You place one yard in the tag. Then you're sure that you're no longer doubting like Steve is that he's the guy, the guy, period, stop. So that's why I would be okay with the tag. All right, let's wrap it up with Charlie in Portland, Maine, who has been dying to talk to Lance. (laughs) And now he's here. Hi, Charlie. Hey. I haven't been on with you and Lance hey, at the guys. same time in months, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Go ahead. <laughs> Sarcasm hey, Lance, to the roof. I, this hey, is me Lance, being professional. I think, uh, yeah. I, I think John missed, missed the Welcome Back Carter reference. I thought it was really Oh, you good. did? Oh, you found that. Wow, look at that. I, I'll give Charlie slightly <laughs> brownie points. What, what, what reference? No, you I mentioned about it. bringing back Lorenzo Carter, so I said Welcome right. Back Carter. Oh, as in that, Cotter? He, correct. Okay, yes, but he's, it's not that. Cotter, though. No, I know. Carter. But that, well, he picked up on that. That's what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> well, so wow, was, you and well, Charlie are on the same page. No, 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 no. Let's not go that far. Congratulations. I'll just give him. It wow. was. A, it was. It was a subtle reference. It's a melding of That's the minds. That's all it was. Lance and Charlie. This is a he, big step in your no, relationship. No, no. Let, let's not go that far. I like it. He, he simply he picked up on the subtlety of my reference, and I give him credit for That's that. Right. Because that could easily listen. There's a lot of things you and I say that go over the head of the listeners and the viewers. So he actually he was listening. Listening closely, which is maybe pigs flying. I'm very type happy. Of situation. I'm, not, I'm not on the same page as Charlie and Lance, so I, I, I think I'm in pretty good position. You do not here. want to come to the dark side, so well, let me ask the, stay I'll, on the, well, I want the to bright side. Me. Pearson, did you pick up on the welcome back Carter well, reference? He well, he no. doesn't listen to most of the things I say. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, nobody That's does. Really. Well, yeah. it's okay. So, I, well, you're asking people that are not necessarily the best gauge of what goes on on this program. Go ahead, yes. Charlie. <laughs> That's a good end show for me. Hey, uh, yeah, I just want to uh, tag team with OG Steve. And a shout-out to OG Steve. Um, 
uh, yeah, I got to look. There's no look to me. Jones and his agent. They are said you for want to talk market. about the Super Bowl. What happened to the I Super Bowl? I don't. You guys are talking about Jones, bro. I got. <laughs> I got to say. Hurry up, things. do Sorry. Jones yeah. quick, and then get to the game, please. Okay. Yes, I will. Pearson's dying look, over here. There's, there's no way. <laughs> and I'm hungry. There's no way anyone. <laughs> uh, the Giants are going to pay Jones forty million dollars a year or thirty-eight. Shane's got his number. It's probably close to 33, 34. And if he wants a bag of money, which he should want, because this is probably going to be his time to get the biggest contract he's ever going to get, and they're going to wait to see what Geno Smith gets. And if Geno Smith gets $38, $40 million, he's going to want that. So I think he's going to into free agency, and it's going to be bye-bye, Jones. Okay, now we can get to the game. I think no, but Charlie, that, oh, Charlie, yeah. why wouldn't they franchise tag him? Uh, I, they could, they could, but because yeah, then I, you get him at thirty-two. Yeah, and that's and below you got the number you mentioned. Yeah, that's thirty-two million, right? And you got forty. I hope so. Cap. I don't know. Is it that would kill no, his you? Point, his point is that it's thirty-two uh, on the cap this year. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought we were like changing it to another country's. No, no, we were money. No, 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 I was no, waiting. No. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want. They yeah. don't want to tag them because it will kill the cap. But anyway, no, that's fair uh, too. That's fair too. Yeah, they're not going to do that. But well, anyway, it won't kill the cap no, 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 long no. term, though. No, 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 it, it, no, it'll hurt your cap this year. But I'm not agreeing with you that they won't do it. I think yeah. I'd much rather take that cap hit this year than I would have to go find the quarterback. Yeah, yeah but if no, see, the thing is, Lance, I just want to say this: they can get somebody like Hooker. In the second round. He's not going to play this year. He's got an ACL injury. No, 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 no. He said he's going to be ready. Yeah, good he'll luck. Be ready. He'll be ready in October-ish, end of october So half the season. Oh, yeah, so because, you, have... you, know, the, you know, these rookie quarterbacks that can't even practice in the spring and summer and come in and are ready to play in October for the first time, he's going to have a great rookie year. I mean, it's going to go smooth. That's you know, not. he's going to have no practice time, no experience. <laughs> okay. Step in and be great right away. If they think he is a good quarterback and they give him the time, you got TNT to take us through September and half of October. And what happens if they win games with him? TNT? I didn't know that was his nickname, by the way. It's Tyrod Taylor, yeah, for those of you who lost track. Yes, okay. I TNT, didn't realize that. He established that on the show. Yes. So, so what, what happens? So what happens if you're like five and two with Taylor? You're going to bench him to bring in the no, drafted no. quarterback. No, no. If you're five and two with Taylor, you keep playing Taylor. But you can get a quarterback. All I'm saying is, you can get him the second round, maybe third. Give up no assets, and you got your rookie quarterback who has a, got some potential. That's well, all I'm that's saying. That's assuming they like a guy like that, though. Maybe they don't yeah, think I he's know. highly that's of what him. We'll find so, out. You know. I would. All right, I Charlie. Would like I, a guy like that. T- t- totally get it. Let's let's get to the Super Bowl. Okay, and then they could also draft Hyatt, and then you got uh, Hooker and Hyatt, like you have Burrow and Chase. If only they thought like you in the front office. It's a shame. (laughs) It's a shame that they don't have, like, word puzzles up on the wall to determine who their targets are in the drafted free agency. Or puns from late 1970s (laughs) TV shows. (laughs) Take your pick. Look, I will call them and leave Shane a message. Uh, He's dying to actually hear from you. (laughs) Super Bowl, Charlie. And by the way, way, just for the record, we we, we disagree. We we personally disagree with you on your approach for Jones, but that's your opinion. That's fine. Now, Super Bowl, go. That's fine. Yep. Yeah, uh, Super fine. Bowl. I think uh, Kansas City Chiefs are destined to win. Destined. Of all the oh. things, destined. They're destined. Yes, I mean, destined. all the injuries and all the things going on. With uh, I think it comes down to this: if does 
Kansas City defense, which is 30th in the red zone, can stop Philadelphia, who's third best in the red zone, uh, and keeping them to field goals, Kansas City will walk away with a, with a game. But it comes down to that. But I think they're just destined because of all the injuries. Mahomes is, like, on a mission, and I think Kansas City will win the game. What injuries are we talking about? To well, the Hank, Chiefs? Well, brain. all the wide receivers and all that, you know. Hardman? Who, yeah. <laughs> McCole Hardman got put on IR, so they're destined to win a title? They lost Tyreek Hill no, no, because they, they traded got, him? they got – Two wide receivers who are going to be questionable. Yeah, Tony they, questionable. they got a linebacker who's going to be <laughs> wow. questionable. Okay, so you're referring to injuries really... coming into this game. I thought the way you were talking, they were destined, was if they went through a pile of injuries throughout the regular all season this and dealt with the adversity. That's what I thought you were. The yeah, way you were building this up. Yeah. Boy, that was a major disappointment. You teased <laughs> all of us. You're killing people. Yeah, I mean, no, no, it's because yeah. of all the injuries all, they went all the, the injuries. title game yeah. ah, in the tremendous. title game, and yes. they still won it. So the injuries the will help them. One leg. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I'm telling you, Kansas City's going to win the game, and I no, say it's going to be because they're, because they're a team of 21. destiny. Right. Yeah, thank team you, Charlie. 27-21. Good to talk that. to you, Charlie. Yeah. In, enjoy your week off next week, <laughs> and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Enjoy. So there you go. Team of destiny. We're going to to be me, observing on if, Sunday. If, if I'm the Eagles, man, and I think the Eagles are going to win, unfortunately, I don't want them to. Um, but I, I, don't you just like beat Kelsey up the line of scrimmage, you bracket him, and then just dare the other guys to beat Darius Slay and James Bradbury. That's how I play. Look, I think that the people underrate the Chiefs' defensive front. They underrate the Chiefs' offensive line, which I think are two really good units. People sure. don't talk about them enough. Um, I think if they can stop the run and make Jalen Hurts into a guy that has to throw it 40 times, then I think you got a shot. You can force a turnover here or there. They can prevent a couple big plays. Spagnola puts a game plan together. There's There are many paths for both these teams to win, but I do think the Eagles are up and down more talented. But if Mahomes puts the, puts the Superman cape on and Kelsey puts the Superman cape on, you never know. They can win any game they play. Well, the Eagles have been susceptible to some explosive plays. You look at that Dallas game that comes to yep. mind. I mean, overall, they still have the number one pass defense, and I think I'd be more concerned about their ability to stop the run than the pass. But the problem is Kansas City doesn't run the ball. All of their big plays, more often than not, come through the air. So I think that actually plays right into the hands of the strength of the Eagles. I go back to what I said multiple times when the Eagles played the Giants. Two of their three losses, eight turnovers combined. I feel if the Chiefs are going to win this game, even though they have all of the weaponry, and I agree with you, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, underrated pass. Chris Jones is terrific. He had a monster game against the Bengals. He wrecked that game. I still think it's going to take a sloppy Eagles turnover pile-up game for Kansas City to win because, I mean, just look at the numbers, and we know the Eagles could score with the best of them. I feel like they need that game-changing takeaway, the Chiefs, to put momentum in their corner. That's how at least I see right now in the initial stages of this game. Lance and Paul, one more show tomorrow. I'm sure they'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. We'll do more on Giants free agency and all more that puns stuff. too, yes. Nothing but that. And uh, you should they make the 70s TV references with Paul. He would have been all over that. I know. He would have loved it. Correct. Yes. Yeah, see, I have to, you have to save your old material I know. for him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't think this through. It comes to me. I mean, that, that, that's the art of ad-libbing, okay? It is, the, it is the art of ad-libbing, yes. if that's it. Well, I didn't know. You didn't give me the script. I'm going to come through with Lorenzo Carter and campaign for him to return to the Giants. <laughs> Had I known that, I would have perhaps thought differently. Giants yes. TV, official streaming app, video content. 
It's free. Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Giants mobile app. You want Giants season tickets? Go to Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available, but you get bonuses. You can stay attached to the club all year round. They're available for 2023. Giants.com slash tickets. For Lance Meadow, I'm John Schmelk. One more show tomorrow. Paul and Lance at 1230. And then we're off for a week. And then we'll see you uh, the week before the combine. Uh, it's been a couple. So we'll see you then. See you tomorrow. Adios. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.